today we are talking all about memories and some other stuff um, that I don't remember. Like a sparrow building shelter with branches for its young. My mother built a nest with love for her little ones. My grandfather told her, doesn't matter what you have. The only thing you need for life is each other's helping hands. Never the emptiness, my mother always says. Spread your wings and fly, you can always come back to rest. Never Welcome to another episode of Never the Emptiness, season four. I cannot believe it. It's just me, a Vanessa, and Nicole today. Hello. We'll explain why. Hi, Nick. Hey. Hey. Long time no see. I know. Uh, she's in California right now, and there's like a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So maybe you tell us, we're going to talk about memory today. We're going to talk about memory and sort of like crises and memory and memory and trauma and a couple of of things uh, surrounding those topics. Trauma causes memory loss. And also trauma is remembered very specifically and strangely and actually segmented. And there's just so much going on. But I think first we have to tell people why uh, um, I was going to say why Abuma is not here because that's what my <laughs> kids call her <laughs> but why um, mom is not here and then we can talk about our like what has been going on today mm-hmm. which has been crazy but um, so my mom is not here because my grandmother has been having psychotic episodes was that yesterday when I was at the hospital or the day I before? I think that was the day before we should say that she is 90 and has had dementia yeah, she has dementia. She has um, a, a lot of things happening. And since my grandfather died, she essentially has broken. Mm-hmm. But she's been having like really, really big, like she just had a big psychotic break where like there's a difference between like, oh, I don't know this. And I'm talking, I, this person is staring at me from the window and they're going to kill me. And this is happening. That's like normal in our world. But like she was going like, this is also happening. She was like, all over the in place. another realm. And you couldn't understand her. She was slurring. Yeah. So my mom took her to the hospital and then I went to the hospital and we were there all night with her. And then they finally released her because essentially she didn't have any infection or any biologically right. anything wrong with her. You know, they showed the brain scan. She does have brain atrophy, but they knew that from before, which essentially means that your neurological connections, your network isn't connecting like it was so that's why like the fragmented way of speaking and all of that so she went home and then we watched that show we got home like super late and we watched enamorado de something like this love show in spanish like a love connection show which is like really ridiculous but it was fun and she was having fun and the weird thing is that like she was having fun with me and i want to talk about that a little bit later but at the same time it was, it was a major crisis. And my mom is dealing with that now because there's another crisis happening today. So she's talking to the psychiatrist and she's over there. So she's not here. But Nikki, mm-hmm. your day, which is just as intense. Yes. Uh, my month have, has been very intense because uh, Joachim has been in and out of the hospital getting blood transfusions because he has spherocytosis. I have mentioned this before. It's a rare 
<laughs> hemolytic, hemolytic uh, anemia. So when he gets sick, sometimes his hemoglobin, his red blood cell count goes way down, scary down, and so he needs blood. He just has trouble fighting um, viruses, and there's no way of knowing which one is going to send him down that spiral. Sometimes he's totally fine, and sometimes he's not. It hasn't happened since he was two, so we were very just like, oh, no. But I, you know, we weren't super surprised because he just started school and kids don't have their masks on anymore and he's been home for two and a half years. So we knew he was going to get sick and it was going to get messy, but I didn't realize he was going to have such trouble getting his levels up in the past four weeks, getting two different viruses at school and it's been very frustrating and scary and the poor kid has trauma he's just like so over being at the hospital getting poked how many transfusion has he had in the last three weeks four weeks well like three or four weeks ago that first bug that he got which was just a fever no other symptoms mm-hmm. uh it was three. It took three transfusions because a regular, your your hemoglobin level should be more or less around 11 or 12. Yeah. He never sits there. His normal level is like in the nine. Mm. Um, his went down to a 5.6. Yeah, that's scary. Which is very scary. Uh, you know, he gets very pale, very lethargic. What's insane is that I told the teachers the night before it happened uh. at parent night about it because he has new teachers. And she looked it up that night and the next day she called me. She's like, I don't know if I'm being overly like cautious because you told me about his condition yesterday, but he does look lethargic. He's a little pale and he's at 99.9. I was like, all right, here we go. And I picked him up. We went to the hospital, but you know, then he was fine. So three transfusions and then he was fine. Right. Uh right. And And then he came home. Everything was perfectly fine for three weeks. Like Friday, he was in the park with all his buddies running around Friday morning, running around with Lily. We were on our way to get our flu shots this past Saturday. And uh, um, Jonathan noticed uh, his heart rate because his heart rate goes up. Mm. And so he noticed, you know, in your neck, how you could see the little pulse. pulse. Mm -hmm. So he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, God, it's going really fast. So he feels his heart. And he's like, oh, shit. Then he feels his forehead and he's warm. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. We're like, man, really? Like, we just got out of this. But we're like, hey, maybe it's not, you know, maybe his hemoglobin's not low, though, because he's not lethargic. Yeah. He's running around. We go to the doctor. <laughs> we all get the flu shots except for him because he has a fever. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like... Thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. But still, it was like, well... Anyways, it's... Uh, they were like, yeah, it's at 7.9. Then when we got to the hospital, it was at 7.3 and just kept going down. They're like, yeah, we have to admit him again. And we've, you know, then he got the transfusion. Everything was fine. It went back up to 8.2, which is not ideal, but it was good enough for him to go home. He was not lethargic. His numbers were okay. And then that night into the next morning at 5 a.m., he got another fever, Mm -hmm. took him back for a follow-up, and it went back down to 7, and we had to readmit him. So this is number 5. Yeah, 5 transfusions. The good thing is that yesterday it went back up to 9.2, and he was playing around, and everything's all good now, and we're hoping, fingers crossed, I'm staring at my phone every 5 seconds to see if he gets discharged today. Mm -hmm. The reason they left him overnight yesterday is because they were afraid of discharging him like they did too soon and they wanted to wait one more night to check which i was fine with and also the only thing that was not changing was his and they were frustrated about it was his um heart rate 
was still really mm. high. But it Well, I mean, he's been fighting this yeah, for a while. Yeah. So but it's down. Every, everything is good right now. I'm just waiting for that last hemoglobin level and I'm waiting to see what the doctors say. So anyways, that was a long-winded thing, but that was my that's been my life for a month. Yeah. And uh training for a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. You're running like 10 miles. It's insane. I just ran 10 miles for the first time. I usually run like four or five. And then all of a sudden, my coach on Saturday, because I joined a runner's group, because I never run outside with a group of people. And it's very different mm -hmm. than treadmill running. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my friend said, no, you should join a runner's group. So I joined. And it's actually really fun. But anyways, yeah. I was thinking, okay, seven, we'll probably do because the last week we did like six and a half. And then that week I was like, well, he'll probably say like seven or eight. He's like, we're running 10 miles. I was like, Ooh. oh my God. And it was raining. I just don't even know. Like that's, I I mean, I would have to get back into that mode. I mean, I've run them before, but. you Exactly. Yeah. You've done it before. And body has memory. Yeah. We were just talking about this. But, uh, you know, I surprised myself. I was like up in the front with the runners and the coach. Wow. And I was totally fine. I wish we lived in the same city. I know. So we could do so we could do running club together. That would be so fun. It's really fun. I'm sure they have them in Miami. I it's Saturday mornings, which is great. I, I love it. Yeah, they do, but I, I just like I you know, know you I have too much, so much going time on. working that I'm like, I want to just be with my kids on the weekends. Yeah, you have too much going on. I, I don't do as much as you, so I could do my seven AM on Saturday runs, but it's a commitment. You have to follow the training and the, and, it's long. and the strength training. During the week is not that long. Your long runs are in the weekends. Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. Once a yeah. week, you do the long outdoor one. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. And let's talk later because I, I might still do the half with you. You could. I mean, literally, a possibility. the girl running yeah. next to me was like, you're doing really well for not never doing this. I was like, well, I, I have a treadmill. I do run. No, you, you've been training without realizing you've been right. training. Right. I said, well, for a year and yeah. a half, for a year and a half, I've been running on my own on my treadmill four times a week. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but when I started, I couldn't do this outdoors. It's uphill a lot. I'm like, well, I run uphill sometimes. You know, when I do interval training, they're, they're like, oh, okay, well, that's why. Yeah. And I used to do, speaking of memory, like, body memory is I used to run yeah. cross country. I think that's what it is. I mean, that's actually a really good transition. Like we're talking about how body has memory. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, I, I have been thinking about like the memories that are being created in even Joaquin, pobrecito, like Ugh. he's going to have a particular memory of hospitals. Mm -hmm. Breaks my heart. Yeah. What happens to our, our minds? And so we're talking about memory because of my grandmother, because of everything we've been talking about. And I looked it up and I read a bunch about memory in the last couple of days. And I'm going to talk about the, I'm going to read the definition of memory. Mm. And then I'm going to talk about something that happened in the hospital with my grandmother that was like kind of mm. just very insane. Not, not insane. And like, it was just very, um, it was hard to understand. And I think that's the thing with brain and memory. Actually, people don't understand it. They don't know much about it. So definition of memory. The power or process of reproducing or recalling what has been learned and retained, especially through associative mechanisms. Here's another one. The store of things learned and retained from an organism's activity or experience as evidenced by modification of structure or behavior or by recall and recognition. I love that they say organisms because as I'm reading, so many, like slugs have memory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just us. So many organisms have memory and it works differently, but also not that differently. 
Which is also what's so fascinating. Like if you press a slug like with your finger and then they're like, ah, the next time they'll like... They learn. They have memory. Yeah. And memory teaches, right? So the first article I was reading uh, was this something in, in Wired, which is why do we even have memory? You know? And part of that is that, like that learning. So I'm going to read two little pieces from that, super short. This is by uh, a writer named Nick Stockton. It was called Why Do We Have Memory and Wired? Every sensory experience triggers change in the molecules of your neurons, reshaping the way they connect to one another. That means your brain is literally made of memories and memories constantly remake your brain. This framework for memory dates back decades and a sprawling new review published today in Neuron adds an even finer point. Memory exists because your brain's molecules, cells, and synapses can tell time. It's just like super interesting. Like time is related to memory and just as confusing as it. Mm -hmm. And then it continues. You come to realize that there is no one place in the brain where memories are stored. This is a um, someone talking about this specialist. This is because of a property called plasticity the feature of neurons that memorize. This is the cool part. The memory is the system itself. Mm. So I find that really interesting. Complicated. And that's the whole thing. Like they're like, scientists don't fully understand it. Yeah. So what was happening in the hospital and Nico, you know this about our grandmother. Our grandmother, Maman, she has a couple of very particular specific traumas. And one has to do with her mom and one has to do with her dad. Her mom, as this one's more open in the sense that our whole family knows about it, her mom died after my grandmother had escaped Cuba and left my grandmother, her her mother behind. My grandmother had left her mother behind. My great grandmother um, told her, "We're gonna come. We're gonna get you. We just need to get out, or they're gonna kill Severo, which is my grandfather." But they got to the United States after going to Spain, and they were about to reclaim her, and her her mother died. And it was this huge thing because it created a giant trauma and my grandmother has never gotten over that. The guilt of leaving her behind and her dying in that process, would she have died? And not knowing that she was that she had died for a while, right? They didn't tell her. Yeah, so the story is that someone shows up at Papan's work, which is Avis Rent-A-Car at the time, like at the place where he's working. And he's like, hey, I have to tell you something. I have a message from Cuba. I'm coming to tell you this because that's how things used to be communicated from Cuba. It's like, if you're going, find this guy yeah. who's at this place in the Shelbourne Hotel in Miami Beach and his name is Severo and tell him that his wife's mother died because there wasn't a way to communicate at that time because so much of the world was closed off between Cuba and, and Miami. And like in where her mother was, there was only one phone and you would have to like make an appointment to meet at that phone at a certain time and you would have a conversation. Like she would talk about this all the time. Anyway, my grandfather comes home and tells my grandmother that her mom was sick because she he was afraid to tell her that she had died. And my grandmother was like, you think I'm stupid? I can see it in your face. I know that she's died. Like she just like broke. Mm. And she had all these crazy thoughts. Like she would imagine her her mother drowning in the rain underneath a grave. And like she, she told me all this stuff. Like she gave me all this information, right? That's one trauma. The second trauma has to do with her dad, which 
apparently did not claim her, her, her real father. Like she was like an old school quote unquote bastard. Her father didn't claim her. He was like, no, I'm not claiming you as my daughter. The mom wasn't married to him. She had fallen in love with him. And my grandmother never talks about this ever, 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 ever. Yeah. She has a lot of anger towards that. But the only reason we know is because my grandfather. Yes told my mom and my mom told us and at one point my grandfather like mentioned it but like that like just that right yeah okay so we're in the hospital the other day and my grandmother's like no because i don't care he doesn't deserve anything from me and i'm still gonna go and i'm gonna ask him i'm gonna tell him that i'm his daughter and i'm gonna tell him that and and we're gonna I don't need to prove it. Wow. I don't, you don't need to take my blood to prove that I'm his daughter. And all this started because of the taking of the blood. So I was like, <gasps> right. It triggered. Were there paternity tests? Oh like, tr- so I don't, there weren't, but I think in her mind, there's such a thing as a paternity test. Right. And then she went there. Her brain went there. Yeah. But it was during the drying of the blood. We kind of thought she was talking about him, but right. Uh, my mom was, mom was like, who? And she's a perdomo, which is his name. And she just went on and on. And then she became 13 years old. And she, it was this entire story that was happening live about him. Wow. And about how he just, you know, didn't deserve it. But at the same time, he she wanted to like, she was like, I just want to knock on his door and talk to him. I just want to go there. I just want to talk to him. And uh, you know, but he can run hell, but I I feel like I need to talk to him. And then he's like, because I'm 13. At one point she said she was, oh you know, at 13. And then she was back to, but it was all about him. That's why it's so hard to understand her because she goes back and forth. Any dementia patient goes back and forth in time. You know, they're they're so confused about time and, the, and they live in the past. But it's like, yeah. wow, she's never gone to like 13. That's so interesting. But she just, she was dealing with this particular trauma in that moment. And I was like, wow, this is very, very, very alive right now. And then she was talking about it in the past tense. Like she came back into, you know, I'm talking about it in the past tense, even though it's like she's talking to us. And then I read this thing right now. I don't know. Can you hear my dog? Yeah, (laughs) it's fine. Sometimes a memory will lie dormant for decades. This is in another article from Vox Mm. by Brian Resnick. Sometimes a memory will lie dormant for decades and then spontaneously reappear in our minds. Scientists call these experiences involuntary autobiographical memories, and they're not exactly sure why they happen. And then this guy gives an example. I was brushing my teeth the other night and suddenly recalled a PBS cooking show recipe for chicken and figs that had aired sometime in the mid-2000s. I specifically remembered the host saying that when her kids smelled the chicken and figs, a favorite dish for company, they would ask, who's coming over? Where was this memory hiding all those years and why did it bubble up? Yeah, what triggers it? I don't know what this person, you know, was going through. Yeah. But for me watching my grandmother, I feel like the needle triggered, triggered it. Yeah. It just like brought all this up. And then we were in that world for a while. But I don't know. She's she's going through that right now. And it feels particularly intense. Well, Papang, our grandfather. Do, do you remember his trauma? With the, every time he would see a key yes. for months or almost a year, we would have to lock the doors because he like would run out because he used to work for Avis. And he's like, they're going to arrest me. I lost all the keys of the cars. And he would go into the parking garage of the building 
and have that fit and it's like they just go to these like traumatic like these triggers i think also unresolved things yes Mm -hmm. i was looking at her and just i would i would ask her questions but you're not supposed to ask a lot of questions so i was like oh you mean this and she was like yeah but there was mom was like why didn't anyone tell her that it was fine who cares i know you know what i mean it's like that's the other thing like who cares because that, back in the day it was a thing that he wasn't around it's i know but if you don't make it a big deal and you deal with it yeah. it all breaks down yeah you know mamang needed a lot of therapy that she never got so yeah you know which she refused to get yeah again because that generation's like oh therapy um and it's she got some therapy but yeah but not enough (laughs) she had a lot of first of all anyone in that generation that went through that experience of having to flee you know yeah your homeland no i know is enough trauma you know and then add the mom and the dad and all the things yeah it's a lot it's a lot but you know what i was reading on uh, up on trauma and and memory and it was like it was talking about you know how both of our grandparents has have somehow or had Baban in that case figure and I think us by even asking them questions even almost helped this process because if you can narrate apparently if you can narrate a story about the past like in order like a story it's very different than the way that you talk about and remember real trauma because trauma usually is in pieces mm-hmm. and it's almost because at least from my understanding of the text that I read it's almost because you haven't been able to put it together so like you're unable to narrate that in a straight line because it like doesn't make sense because it's like chopped in the way that you remember it so it's like I also was thinking about how you have to let kids when they experience something scary go talk about it talk about it and even though they're like say the same thing they're like and then the like big balloon man was there and then he was like blue and the this is lily's yeah. balloon man <laughs> but we had to let her talk about it the balloon yeah. man are those like wavy wavy the balloons that look like long uh uh people like wave at the wind. car car lots right you know like car lots <laughs> that are like hey i used to have to avoid them in the street because yeah. she'd freak out yeah but you have to let her talk about them yeah. because otherwise it becomes this business. Yeah. So she would be like, and then the balloon man was there and then he was blue. And the, you know, you know, there was a balloon man. Yeah, she was like two or three. In the car, there was a balloon man. And you had to just be like, yup. <laughs> Until she could be like, that is a balloon man and it's not real. It just looks like a balloon and it has hand- like yeah. she had to go through that whole yeah that narration is from all those like bah, 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 like i'm trying yeah. to put it together yeah yeah so i don't know there's a lot going on and now joaquin will poor thing you know it, it breaks my heart because he's like the minute he got that fever two nights ago again well like at five in the morning i had to wake him up he was burning up and give i said i have to give you medicine because you have a fever again he's like and he just sat up he's so he's like are we going to the hospital do i have to go to the um, hospital are they gonna take my blood and uh, i was and then when we were at the hospital he's like how come i have to keep coming back why do they keep doing these things to me what am i gonna live in the hospital and i was like oh my god like the tears were just like yeah yeah and i was like no you're not gonna live in the hospital but i'm so sorry you have to go through all this and then every time they take his blood you have to like strap him down and he's begging and crying and it's just a lot and so that's gonna be in his brain yep which makes me 
say, since people are going to hear this, if anybody knows a really good specialist on spherocytosis, reach out. Yeah. Because we are interested in breaking down this little monster. Yeah, and, and it's it's rare. And every kid reacts differently. You know, um, the doctor was telling me, like, you know, some kids get, like, 10 transfusions a year. Jesus. Like, every month. And some kids' hemoglobins live, like, at 6 and so they don't have any wiggle room if they if it plunges. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's like his is moderate. It's not like yeah. really intense, but it's still just really scary and just stressful. Yeah, it does make me think about how, how like how careful and also how also carefree we need to live our lives, you know, in order yeah. to build the memories that make us up. But yeah, I know I don't want to like enclose him and bubble him so much. Yeah, because I'm afraid of him getting sick that he doesn't enjoy his life. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as a kid. But then it's so hard because I don't want him to get sick all the time. So it's such a such a balancing act. Yeah, he's gonna be good. He's coming home today. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I you guys have been home. taking her turns. Yeah, yeah, they have not um, told me what's going. Because Jonathan's on. there now. Yeah, but it's like it's twelve thirty. So here. Um, and mm -hmm. so I have to, at some point, either go get them if they get discharged before picking up Lily or go pick up Lily and then figure it out or have, yeah. or go over there and then have someone pick up Lily. It's like, I got to figure yeah. that out in the next 30, 40 minutes. It's going to happen. I'm hoping he texts me soon. Like it's, we're getting discharged and I go get him and then we pick up Lily. But anyway, I mean, I feel like part of my, we never know what we're going to remember. And I always remember something that Jonathan said, oh. which oh. is like, you can, Jonathan, your husband, yes. my brother-in-law, he's like, you know, it's crazy. You can just like create this amazing life for your kids and you can make sure that everything is great and everything is good and they're going to have all these great memories and then one thing happens that's totally out of your control and now that's in their brain forever. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. It is like the, ah, uh, but there's nothing you can do about no, that. No, that's life. All you can do is let them work out those things so that they don't become traumatic and they're not in a hospital 80 years later, yeah, you know, trying to figure it out. And you also, you know, the doctor was saying, because I broke down in the, in the hospital and I had to leave the room because I did not want my son to yeah. see me upset for many reasons because then he's going to be like, what's wrong with me? What's, this is very bad. Yeah. Or, and also like, you know, not, oh, why is mommy crying? You know. And, but I couldn't help it. It was just like, oh, I'm going to have a cry fit right now and I need to leave the room. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they put me in a room and they're like, cry it out. We understand, you know, but he's in the right place. And, you know, they tell yeah. you all the things and I'm like, I know all the things and I know I'm in the right place, but it's just a lot, you know, but yeah. I said, I just don't want him to see me. And she's, they're like, it's okay for him to see you upset sometimes, but the more normal you make it and the more like it's you just need a little extra blood like so that he doesn't yeah. see it as like a traumatic thing just something that Correct. happens that he has to do sometimes when he gets sick and it's not a big thing so when I got my ish together and I went into the room and he was asking me a question I said you know what sometimes you just need a little extra blood to get rid of that fever or bug and you get the blood and then we go home and that's it you're yeah. fine it's fine and I think that's the key, you know, like move through it, make it right. untraumatic and as so just, good as yeah. possible. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's our show for today. It was, it's a little bit, I don't know if it was a Debbie Downer, but it was definitely like working something out here. I mean, that is, that is our days and we, we keep building our memories. So that's it for today. 
and we'll see you next time build amazing memories yes I was about to say that <laughs> have a great rest of your week your weekend wherever you're standing and sitting watching this we'll be around next time on Never the Empty Nest see ya All of your success, she says, all the great things ahead. I'll be here when it's time to see you.